Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. It is episode 24. With me, my co-captain as always. Scott Larson. Hey, Scott. How you doing today, man? You know, I feel like if it's uh, episode 24, we should probably do like a 24 theme, like a Jack Bauer theme. <laughs> so we're going to do like 24 hours of just podcasting? What, what are we no, going to do here? No, I was thinking we were going to review the classic Stern title, 24, that was so widely received and such an amazing pin. You know, honestly, I've never seen one in my entire existence and didn't know it existed until I heard it on May was head yeah. to head. I, I didn't know they... Yeah. I, have you even played 24? No, it's, it, there is, there's kind of this wasteland in the, um, basically after, uh, Lord of the Rings and Simpsons pinball party, there's this wasteland of pinball, just wilderness where you hear about these games and you're like, yeah, I kind of remember those games, but there's nothing memorable about them. They are completely phoning it in. And, you know, we've talked about the second renaissance with uh, Jersey Jack coming in and saying, huh, well, what they're doing is not up to, up to the quality we think we should do. So, hey, guess what? We are going to step up the game. And then, you know, <laughs> and then the the Empire Strikes Back, Stern said, oh, that's what you want to do? OK, let's show you what we, we can do. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so it seems like in that whole wasteland, I, there's a few games that bubble to the top that are fun to play. But, you know, I, 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 okay, off the top of my head, the games that are fun to play pre-ACDC, um, and, you know, and we're talking after the fall of, uh, you know, the Pinball 2000. Um, so you have Lord of the Rings. You have yeah. Simpsons yeah. Pinball Party. Um, I, uh, Spider-Man's fun. It's a fun game. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would put Iron Man in that category, too. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean. What am I missing? I, you know, honestly, I think you've hit them all. The, the ones I, I, I can it, think it, of. Now I will say there are there are other ones that are and they're passable. They're okay. Um, okay, I will say that I have I I, I have committed to um, playing Shrek to understand it and tr- really try to appreciate the game because I've just never really been able to. Uh, to get into it, I bought it a little sight unseen, and it's and I, I the theme is fantastic. the The flow it's quirky, it's interesting, um, but I, I've come to the conclusion that I, I every time I play it, I think, huh, what would I? So when you play the, what would I rather have? Would I yeah. rather have this, or would I rather have something else? And then I start thinking, you know what, maybe it's. Uh, maybe it's time to shake up the collection a little bit. And I'm not a guy who shakes up collection that much. Yeah, all the time I've known you, I think your collection's pretty much stayed the same. I mean, the last thing that come in was Attack from Mars, and that was when they released it, dude. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it, basically it's kind of a pain to move things in and out of my basement. And so, uh, so that has really helped in me not turning over things that much. But I also feel that I want to like dominate. I don't want to say dominate a game, but it's uh, when you buy a video game, you beat the game, right? You yeah. you eventually finish the game, and then you're like, okay, I finished that, and I want to move on. And uh, maybe it's just that I don't. Uh, one, I'm not really an epic pinball player, and two, I just don't have the time to put in to really get good on one game 
And so I've, I've never really felt like I have scratched that itch on the game to move it on. Um, so that's why, that's why I've been trying to, and it, it's, it's a fun game, like a, a fun theme. The, the call outs are amazing. I just, when I play it, I think, huh, I think it's just, I like I have gotten the enjoyment I want out of this game. And so I just want to move on, but I, I don't know yep. what, what, are there games where you bought where you said, you know, I really wanted that game. And then, you know, after, you know, after you played it for a year or six months or something, you said, you know what, it's, it's still a good game. And it's not like I'm selling a, uh, you know, selling a, a dump to someone else, but it's just time to move on, I guess. I think there's, there's been a couple of games like that in my collection. Um, the first one that comes to mind is Fishtails. I enjoy fishtails, but it just was not my collection's small. Um, I'm down to three right now. I think the most I've ever been up to was seven. Um, I'm kind of getting that itch again of I've got to get rid of something to get something new. Yeah. But fishtails definitely floats to top. Um, I loved Johnny mnemonic, but it was kind of samey samey after about six months. Yeah. Um, but it's a, that's a fantastic game. It's just, with a small collection and you start playing it over and over, it kind of, um, it kind of loses its replayability, I guess. Yeah. Um, the one that would shock a lot of people that I, we were, I was actually talking to, um, the guys over at Buffalo pinball. We were talking about this. Um, I had Simpsons pinball party for like six months and pa- just moved it on. Um, I, I don't know what it is. I, I think the, the best way I could describe it to them is the game feels claustrophobic to me. It's okay. Um, I, I think it's because the pop bumpers on the left, it's kind of like that uh, Adam's family kind of layout where you've got some stuff really close on the left side in the middle. And then really the only shots are, well, there's, there's tons of shots on this game, but I just, I don't know. I felt like I was shooting garage TV, garage TV. I know a lot of people say, Hey, there's a lot more to that. There's pretzel multiball. There's, you know, my favorite mode, my favorite mode was the auto mode. Once you've collected all the kids, um, you get the like twilight zone <laughs> mode yeah. where your flippers reverse love that mode. But I just, I don't know. I Simpsons to me, fantastic game, very deep, but it just, after, after six months, I just kind of was done. And I think, I think it's, um, I focus in on games so much I don't want to see everything and I kind of get burned out on them. I, I think it's like what Martin said over to head to head. Like you, you get so involved into a game and you play it just way entirely too much. And then you're kind of done with it way too quick because he's trying to do not do that with Jurassic Park. And he's just he's loving it right now, but he's he's taking it in in stride. You know what I'm saying? Right. And he did so. that with Iron Maiden. So that's uh, it, yes. it makes sense that uh, I um, there are so many games uh, that people who play so much uh they, they get um they get tired of them a lot faster than i do uh, yeah. I, I guess i would say it's it's that album that you love but you listen to it so much that you're just you know you need a, a new itch you, you need something else to to move it on um but i don't really have that much time to play uh so I, you know i i can play for for 30 minutes or but i I don't have that six hour streaming capability where I can uh, be alone and just uh, really get into a game. And so it, it feels that at least with Shrek that it's, I've seen, 
I've seen all that I need to in the game. Uh, and and I, I do understand the history. The history, obviously, it was a, it was started off with Family Guy, and it just wasn't selling that well, so they reskinned it. And um, you know, I, I would say on the um, on the quick, they uh, put everything in. Now, I will say, at least the art package for how quickly they reskinned it, I think they did a fantastic job. And I absolutely love that they used the McDonald's toys for the sculpts in the game. Uh, yeah. so you're playing a happy meal. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually pretty ingenious that they did that. However, I think they didn't, um, they didn't make that epic uh, wizard mode that you're really shooting for. Um, you know, we, we talked about this with, uh, with monster bash where I got to the end. And by the way, if I can get to the end of the game, then that means that it's really, um, it, you know, pretty straightforward. Okay, yeah, it can still yeah. be fun. I know I've, I've been to the end of Iron Man, and I still enjoy playing Iron Man just because it's a, it's a fast experience. Um, but I also feel okay. Well, there's not much else that I'm really trying to shoot for. Yeah, I get you, man. Well, and the funny part is, I know your collection sets forever, and my collections usually I've got like two or three good staples, and then there's a revolver. Um, I I sold my revolver. Um, to have some cash and, and now I'm just down to my three staples and it kind of dawned on me. I've had monster bash. It, it's been in my collection, the shortest, and it's been a year. And so I was like, well, dang, you know, that's honestly, that's pretty much like the longest I've ever hold or not held a game, but, um, I'm just like, it's time dude. So, uh, hopefully, uh, it should all work out. I'm, I'm still waiting on it, but uh, it sounds like I'm uh, getting rid of Monster Bash, and I'm going to pick up a Shadow and a Lord of the Rings. Hopefully, it all goes through. It goes through well, but I figure that's not a bad trade off, you know. No, I, and and you talk you talked to me about that, and I I thought it was a good option to mix things up. Um, you know, it, the challenge is you can't really own them all, and so in yeah. in in many ways in this hobby. You have to there. It's okay to have a few grails where, yeah, this is really what I want. And I'm it's just never leaving my collection. But in many ways, you have to learn to enjoy a game and uh, learn to part with the game, too, because otherwise you're going to have a, a warehouse in Banff that has uh, 150 games. Hey, what's wrong with that? I <laughs> No, it, okay, it would be epic. But could you imagine the night, the maintenance nightmare on those? Oh, it'd be crazy. It'd yeah. be crazy. But yeah, so I'm just hoping I, I really don't have that game that has that kind of depth that I really want. So that's why I'm going for Lord of the Rings. And I've always loved Shadow. Okay. Uh, I've wanted a Shadow for years now. Yeah. Well, the, the crazy thing about Lord of the Rings, if you think about Keith Johnson coding both Simpsons and Lord of the Rings in the same year. Yeah, that's what. I, yeah. I, and th- those are both games that are encyclopedic. Like when people talk about getting getting to Valinor, okay, great. Um, don't know too many people who have actually made it to Alien Invasion and beyond in Simpsons. Yeah. I, I certainly haven't even come close. See, and I think that's the other thing that frustrated me about Simpsons is I would put all that work in and get to Alien Invasion. And I know Steve Ritchie would just say play better, but it is so hard to do Alien Invasion. Uh, I don't. I don't know if anyone out there has tried it, 
and been successful, but the the handful of times that I got to Alien Invasion, it's I don't know. In my opinion, it's kind of like a kick in the face because <laughs> it's like, oh, you got this far, congratulations. Now, good luck. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, well, but it, it it's that wizard mode that has to it has to have the payoff. Yeah. Where I, imagine the video game analogy where you get to the end and then they're like, "Welcome to the end. You're dead." Yeah. I, you 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 have to feel like there's there's this progression and yes you can actually accomplish or a satisfactory conclusion um in the game otherwise you're really going to feel like eh, it's not worth it so you know what's funny i don't know why i just remembered this but there's a video game called mario and luigi superstar saga it's an rpg based like a turn based attack game but the literal final boss is you beat her and then she kills you within 1% of your, like, one hit point. And then after, you, like, you come back, I think, like, some guy brings you back to life. You still only have one hit point. And then she barrage attacks you with all these ridiculous amount of attacks that you've got to dodge to finally even just take a health potion. And I know a lot of people that got to that point and hated it so much, they just, they quit the game. They're like, I've gotten to the end. I'm calling it good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, absolutely. It feels like you can't. It can't be too brutal. Um, Correct. It, 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 there's this fine line between being too easy and too difficult, and having the game that has that nice mix of satisfying shots that are difficult but findable. Um, yep. And you otherwise, you're just going to feel like this is brutal. It's not fun. I agree. Well, shall we move on to uh, some news? I think we should. Uh, so anything happened in the last two weeks? I mean, it's uh, it's been a slow time of year for pinball, right? It really has. It's like, you know, Christmas is here. So they're taking the month off. <laughs> At least yeah, they, I think I think Spooky deserves a little extra time off now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think they have any time off. So uh, no. for, if you if you haven't been hiding under a rock, uh, in pinball, you will have seen that Spooky has announced the Rick and Morty pinball machine, and they put it out there at uh, what two days ago, and uh, a cap of seven hundred fifty. And what happened, Josh? Uh, it sold out in less than four hours. I mean, this is a record for Spooky, definitely. Okay, Just, now holy crap, we have talked about this before. Tell me about the, like, what was your initial reaction to Rick and Morty? And what is your reaction now? And, and now you've seen, you've seen the play field. You've seen the innovations. You've seen, you know, that classic Italian bottom with the pop bumper. That is, uh, I would say, a, a slight risk considering that Ghostbusters tried at least uh, messing with the kickers. I, and I would say unsuccessfully uh, with the with the premium and LE people just didn't like what happened down there now this is different you have a kicker on the right side and you have a pop bumper on the left okay. I know that is a huge question so first off let's talk about Rick and Morty how excited okay. on a scale of one to ten were you about Rick and Morty and the second part is what do you like how do you see that as fitting into the global scheme of pinball themes? Okay, so I will 
I will answer your questions in the order that you asked them. <laughs> so as far as Rick and Morty, um, I was probably about average seven. Like I love it when new pinball comes out regardless. I don't care if it's my little pony or Rick and Morty. Like it doesn't matter. Pinball is pinball. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So what you're saying uh, is my little pony is your grail theme. That's what you're saying. You know it. You're That's brawny. what I'm saying. You're, you're a brony, aren't you? No, actually it's golden girls. Uh, <laughs> me and my wife watch that often. <laughs> And so I could I could dig a Golden Girls pinball machine. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> okay, now I, so, I will say I, I'm going to do a little tangent here. Okay, so you know uh, you know Rufus R- Wainwright, the guy who the, who uh, I don't think he actually sings the Hallelujah song in Shrek, but he's the one that people always think sings the Hallelujah song in Shrek because yeah. his single came out like right after Shrek, and so people just identify that with Shrek. Okay, yeah, and so he watched the golden girls with his grandma all the time <laughs> and he finally met um it's uh b arthur and he went okay, up yeah. and he told he told her the story of you know man i i really enjoyed enjoy your show because i would you know bond with my grandma and she turns to him and just says coldly i'm not your effing grandma and walks away <laughs> <laughs> Nice. So I think that should be the wizard mode if there ever is a a Golden Girls pinball machine. Okay. Yeah, sounds (laughs) legit. Okay. So (laughs) meanwhile, back to your experience with the theme. Okay. So starting off average, uh, I'd never really seen an episode of Rick and Morty. I've watched like half of the first episode. Since then to now, um, I binged watched the first season and half of the second. And... As far as a theme goes for a pinball machine, I think it works very well with pinball. I think there's a lot of awesome campiness that you can do with the pinball machine. As far as Rick and Morty itself, it's not for me. Um, I know that a lot of people are starting to find it. They're all excited for it. Um, they're they're loving this theme. They're loving the show. And so they're loving the translation it can make into pinball. I just, I don't know what it is. I, I, I just, I'm not a fan. Like, Sorry, I, I'm not going to be one of the 11 million people that watched the finale of season season three. Um, I just I'm not that guy. I, I don't know what else to say to it. Like, I don't know, but I'm, okay. I'm still excited for this pinball machine. Like looking at the play field. Okay. I think it's unique. I think it's doing something fresh. I think the pop bumper is a cool idea. Um, it hasn't been done in a long while. And I think what makes it a cool idea is that Scott Denise, also made that rail on the back, back side of that pop bumper. So it's not so crazy chaotic next to the flipper. Um, you're, you're pretty much getting what two thirds of a kicker around a kicker instead of just a pop bumper. And so, um, I don't know, man, I, I, I like the looks of this. Um, the one person I'm going to shout, shout out Carrie Hardy it is awesome that within like an hour of the reveal of the teaser, he had a full fledged video up like a 20 minute video and broke down everything. Uh, that man is just awesome when he comes to, comes to those things. Like if you haven't watched the video, it, it's just awesome. Go, go give Carrie Hardy a look. So, yeah. Um, I can't remember if you had any other questions other than that. So uh, I was, I was lukewarm on it. Love the design. Yeah. Rick, Rick and Morty, love it or leave it. I still think it's a home run, no matter what. I mean, obviously, it's a home run. They sold out in four hours. So, 
Sure. Now, I, I will also point out the uh, a fair counterpoint would be they also sold out a Rod's, Rob Zombie, and that one hasn't had the longevity that some of the other ones have, have had. Yeah, but Rob Zombie was only, what, 250 Yeah, it wasn't that much. It no. wasn't a ton. Yeah. So, and, and who was, oh, crap. I'm so sorry. I've listened to so many pinball podcasts in the last seven days. I can't keep them all straight, but it's, someone it, was talking it's about. It's also 11 o'clock at night, so. Yes, that's true. Um, but they were talking about the fiasco that Rob Zombie was too, like people buying them and then the hype was so unreal. And then like six months along, people were bored with their Rob Zombie. So they were kind of, they could sell them for higher than what they bought them for because spooky wasn't producing them fast enough with how Alice Cooper nightmare castles went. And it's went very smoothly and just on production. I don't foresee those kind of problems with Rick and Morty. Um, and it, it does bring up a new predicament. I mean, there's only 750 of these. Um, and this is, seems like a very desirable theme. Do you think it's going to create some chaos in the hobby? Like maybe Rob Zombie did? No, I, I don't. Um, so uh, I mean, let me, I, I'm going to answer my question now, and then we'll, uh, we'll swing back around and talk about the chaos in the, in, um, well, actually, no, I'll talk about the chaos in the hobby. I don't think it will. I think it will be very smooth, just like uh, TNA was, in that it felt like the production of TNA meshed very well with the demand, in that it, okay. it didn't seem like people were flipping them over quickly, but there was a, I guess, a healthy second market for them. But the prices weren't crazy high. They weren't crazy low. I I would say that um, a reasonable hit on a pinball machine after it's new, um, at least within the first year, should be maybe 10%. Uh, and considering cars, I think that's actually a pretty good return on investment. If you buy a uh, a machine for, let's just say, 5500 and the, then you sell it for 5000 but let's assume that you've had it in your in-home environment and you've had uh, 500 to 1,000 plays on it. Um, you're still getting value for your money, um, but you're able to do it in, in a home environment on a machine that is highly tuned as opposed to a location machine that you don't know what you're going to get. Um, and I, it felt that uh, TNA, you can still get them for uh, roughly about uh, 90% of what the retail was. Uh, it yeah. seems that Rick and Morty is going to follow that same path in that there are um, some very diehard fans out there, which, uh, and this gets back a little bit to the theme. The theme surprised me a little bit because it is outside of the wheelhouse of the 45-year-old um, you know, guy with a game room, which is exactly my demographic, which is why when I hear of everything that Stern has put out, um, you know, they put out, you know, Aerosmith, they put out and other, other things that, what are people's dream things? Oh, well, they'd want a Van Halen one. They'd want a Motley Crue one. They'd want all, you know, Def Leppard one or whatever. That's all in my demographic of growing up in the 80s, really. Uh, and so when they talked about a Rick and Morty theme, the first time I had ever heard about Rick and Morty was with 
Ryan on Head to Head, and he talked about he would love a Rick and Morty theme, and I had no idea what he was talking about. Uh, so I saw that as a it's a positive thing in that they're branching out from my demographic. Now, I, I still want them, obviously, to cater to my demographic and to give machines that are in my wheelhouse. But it does make me happy that there are some alternative things out there. And Rick and Morty, it's, it's certainly a niche theme. It's not a, a mainstream theme. So it caters to, hey, this is a fun, small thing. And it also works really well for Spooky. This would not be a good release for Stern or Jersey Jack because the volume just wouldn't be there. But this is a perfect game for Spooky. And I am, I'm actually quite surprised that it sold out so quickly. But I am happy for, for Charlie and Spooky. And it really says how healthy the diversity in the field is. No, I agree. I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a, it's a, a home run regardless. I think it's going to be good for Spooky. I mean, obviously, what, there's a $1,000 non-refundable deposit. Uh, they sold 750 of these. That's three quarters of a million dollars in, in four hours. They, they, they got to be popping champagne over there or something, dude. They've, they've got to be partying for Christmas. So um, I'm excited it, it, for them. It's perfect for their, um, you know, part of, part of knowing your business is you have to ask some hard questions about knowing yourself and what are you trying to be? Um, I, that's, that's the challenge with so many businesses is there's a mismatch on what they're trying to be versus what they really are. And Charlie has um, really focused on, we are a small town business and we are trying to make sure that we don't have these crazy swings in production and we have steady lines of production. And really, if they're producing about 10 games a week, 750 is probably their max because, yeah. you know, that's 75 weeks of production and you have to freshen up the lineup. You have, to, so that's, uh, you know, about a year and a half and that seems about the right for their development. So every year and a half, they put out a new machine. If you're always just making the same machine, eventually you're going to get stale. Congratulations to those guys over there. Hopefully we've reached out to, to Scott and uh, we'll reach out to Charlie. We want to have them on the show sometime in the future. I know right now is probably not the best time. So, um, but yeah, I want to, I want to hear from those guys. And I bet are uh, you guys out there in loser kid pinball land want to hear them too. So uh, moving on. Uh, rumors the rumors that are ramping up this week are stranger things i know that we've been talking about this for what okay it's not really a rumor i mean stern stern all but said that that's what what it is when it when they're releasing it on their uh, on their facebook page and everything is it is all stranger things yeah it's officially unofficial the rumors we're hearing, our sources are saying it's going to be released probably within the next week. Uh, right. We're hearing that we're going to be seeing stuff very, very soon. If not, by time, knowing our luck, I'll edit this down and release it, and Stern will release the pictures and the video. So that's that's how unshocked I'd be. So, But our timing is already better than everyone else in, in uh, podcast land because everybody recorded their uh, their podcasts and then 
uh, Spooky dropped, um, you know, dropped, dropped Rick and Morty and showed exactly what Sunday it was. Night, yeah. yeah, and so people are like, uh, "Oh, okay, well, um, that there goes there goes our podcast." So we at least have timing on that. Um, yeah, it's true. Are, are you surprised at all by the timing of them releasing this, or do you just think, "No, they this is just how many releases they do in a year." Yeah, that's how I feel. I feel. They released Munsters last year, second or third week into January. They're kind of holding towards their schedule, and so this puts it right in line where they should be releasing a game. It doesn't. It's kind of, I guess, not weird that they're releasing a week before Christmas, but maybe it's perfect. Maybe people are going to get those orders in so they can have a Stranger Things in their house by New Year's. So yeah, it's uh, I I am surprised by the timing, just because the the demand for Jurassic Park has been red hot. Yeah. So I'm wondering, um, you know, since they have multiple lines, perhaps they just feel that, well, we can still keep Jurassic Park going on on one of the main lines or a secondary line and still get this new one out. It's the same thing as, you know, we need to stay relevant and still make those things. Um, so it does surprise me a little bit considering how well uh, Jurassic Park is selling, but I'm really happy that they're uh, it, it's healthy and this is really this really should be in my my demographic. But I haven't watched an episode yet. Uh, I'm I'm one of the three people on the planet who have not seen a Stranger Things episode. Um, so I actually the closest I've seen is the parody on Saturday Night Live where it talked about Stranger Things. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. It's it's a good show. It's the first season's really good. I had to kind of, I didn't watch the second season fully until the third season come out. And the third season was, I was hearing it was really great. So I finished up season two and finished season three, I think all within a week. It was, it was really good. Um, okay. The rumors that we're hearing, uh, Joe Lemire over at head to head said that the upside down is going to be a lighting effect. This is his guess, but we're actually, this is what we're hearing rumor wise is actually going to be a lighting effect. So the, the lights will be one way for the, uh, when you're in normal world and then when you're in the upside down, the lights will change and the play field will kind of be altered into the upside down that way. Um, the other rumor is, is there won't be a lower play field. That's, that's been a lot of speculation because, upside down is in the ground so why wouldn't you put a, a, a lower play field in um well, and the funny uh, part is yeah. we're, we're probably saying all these rumors and then and then like i said <laughs> they'll release the video we'll we'll get stern will do to us what spooky did to everyone else <laughs> yeah no th- this these are wild guesses and wild speculations it's not like we have any uh I- any information that no one else has out there um correct this is just us thinking well it, it you know um, the best way to analyze a company is to say, what would I do if I were in the company? Um, and so when you're looking at, uh, that would be a, an easy way. Well, okay, easy may not be the right thing, but it would be a clever way of not having to alter the geometry of it, but have it appear differently. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. Um, um, I, I'd be really curious to see how they do it uh, technologically, though, because 
um, you have such crazy different environments that these are getting played in. You have the home environment, you have the the bar environment, the well lit, the low lit. Um, you know, I've never really noticed that Wizard of Oz is super low lit, but I also play in my basement, and so I can see pretty much the whole play field. But it, when I played either on location or someone's house where they have the lights low, I mean, it's really a different environment. And so having a special effect that is dependent on ambient light, I'm really curious to see what they come up with. I hope it's something cool like blacklight and then like there's the the play fields done in a certain way that when the blacklight turns on, you it emphasizes other things like you would normally have with blacklight, like. Yeah. I don't know. I, that's just a concept that comes to my head when we're talking about this. So, yeah, but honestly, there's not much more to say besides everything else. that's already been repeated since, I don't know, months ago. But the one thing I do want to bring up that Ken Cromwell of special one lit was talking about, uh, I um, why do you think, cause we keep talking about like, you know, there, there's been such a space between Jurassic park and stranger things, you know, Jurassic park was officially released in July and, now we're into December. It's almost a full six months, and that's not this typical Stern thing. But he, he says, why do we keep skipping over Elvira? I, I have a couple theories, but I want to hear your thoughts first, Scott. Um, Elvira is one of those games that is made for the people familiar with the hobby. Uh, Elvira is not... She she hasn't been make you know Cassandra Peterson hasn't really been making anything for the last you know fifteen twenty years right, and so this is really hearkening back to, um back to that day and then of course you have Elvira and the party monsters you have scared stiff and so the people in pinball are very familiar with Elvira, um I would say pop culture has really moved past Elvira and so the only uh, I, the only group that she still resonates strongly with is the pinball crowd. Um, and yeah. I, obviously, it's it's a fun, it's a campy film. It's a campy show that used to be on on late night before, you know, b- back in the day when um, TV actually signed off at the end of the day. Um, you know, with the uh, – do you ever remember that, Josh? That TV actually went dark it was it was I do actually yeah late at night they played the pledge of allegiance and then it went to like attack of the flies and then it didn't come okay, on yeah. until about 4 in the morning again um so and that's really the time uh era when cassandra peterson's elvira was in its heyday so yeah uh the challenge too is that it is uh it's an expensive premium machine and yep. the volume I don't know of anybody who's so I, it's an expensive premium machine. It's a Kapow title and it's really going to cater to the pinball enthusiasts just like black Knight did. I, I know I really like black Knight. I think it's a fun game. However, if you don't know anything about pinball, you're not uh, very few people are going to look over and say, huh, there's a black Knight over there. I want to go play it because they have no idea who the black Knight is. They, they would think, is this an Ivanhoe game? Uh, yeah. A, a classic literature yeah. game. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I, that's the reason why people just 
glance over it because there isn't a pro version. And really to be relevant on location, for unless you personally own it or you know someone who owns it, you are going to forget about anything that is not that doesn't have a pro game. I think the same thing happened to Beatles, and Beatles is a fantastic game. But people forget yeah. about Beatles just because of the premium price, and unless you know someone who personally has it, you're not going to play it. That's very true. And and honestly, those are the main reasons. I think you've hit it on the head. I th- Honestly, I think the biggest thing is, is price. I think yep. that pro is what keeps everyone chattering about your pinball machine um i i think that's why jersey jack's trying to bring their price down to be competitive um it's just i think i think it's fine and dandy that there's premiums and le's and, I, and that's wonderful that we have those but i really think if you want to stay relevant in a market and sell a ton of pinball machines you're gonna have to have a pro priced pinball machine um that's that's just me. Like, look, I mean, look at Jurassic Park. I think that's why Jurassic Park so so loved and revered is because I can't think of another Stern game where we had three pros in Utah out, all out on location within the first month that it released. And it's just like, you know, it, there's not a single Elvira in the state of Utah. You can't you can't tell me that. It's, I don't. I I really think it comes down to price. I think I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, of course it comes down to price, I and mean, that's the that's where Stern wins. Stern win, Stern has has proven two things. One, yes, it is all about the theme. The theme is relevant, and two, yes, it is all about the price too, because you have to be able to. You can't just cater to selling high end toys to uh, middle aged dudes in their basements. Because eventually, guess what? We're all going to get old and die. So you need to find ways of catering to the next generation and figuring out ways of getting them in. And if you do not have pros, you are going to you are going to become irrelevant in ten years. And that's it's, yeah. And and that's what happened in the nineties. Really, is pinball became irrelevant. They did not have a way of competing with PlayStation. Yep. PlayStation well, and pinball. Here's my thing though too is is right now the economy is really strong. Um or it it's going well enough that people can have a hobby like this to pay for pinball machines. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. What happens when we have another 08 recession? Uh yeah, you know, high-end hobbies are the first thing that die. Yep. They really are because uh, right now, people can they can buy a machine, and you're seeing a little bit less of a turnover of some of these classic um, titles because they've become so expensive. Because as people yep. who had some more disposable income decided to get in, however, housing prices are going up, and maybe people aren't going to be able to buy. Uh, you know, an arcade to put in their basement. And what what happens is it starts with, well, I don't I don't want ten games. Maybe I'll have eight. Hmm, maybe I'll have six. Well, you know what? I'll just choose four. You know, I just need two. And that it just yep. slowly whittles down. And eventually, you're going to see. I don't want to say a flood on the market, but you'll see a lot of games that start moving around as people start 
tightening their belts. Well, and here's the other thing too. Lord of the Rings, fantastic game. It's been around about $6,000 for the last year or so on average. Um, I saw four in the last two weeks at 5,500 or less. And we're talking 5,000 to 5,500 and sitting. Um, I, I think we're starting to see some of those older games are going to sit. Um, I don't know. I, we could go all night about pinball pricing and all that jazz. But I, like I said, I, th- I think what keeps you relevant is that lower price. That, that 5,800 is very, very nice compared to uh, a seven grand to a 7,500. I mean, it is what it is. So, well, it, it's a, it's a big price difference when you look at. I know people will say, "Oh, it's just a thousand dollars more, just a two thousand dollars." Well, okay, but when you're looking at, let's just do basic prices: seven thousand versus five thousand. I mean, you're looking at about a forty percent increase. That's yep. huge. Let's uh, let's move on to the next rumor. Let's just keep it really short and sweet. Yeah. Uh, Canada announced or broke the news that Hot Wheels is the next American pinball. Uh, maybe not the next, or it might be the one after, but Hot Wheels is a title for American pinball. You, you got to give me a, give me a 30 second thought. Yeah. Okay. I'll recognize it. But <laughs> if you had told me it was Mario Kart, I'd be interested. If, if yeah. you're talking about Hot Wheels, I'm not really that interested. So, you know, this is where and we're just talking theme alone, right? Am I going to be interested in the theme? Not really. It's uh, okay. So it's, it's a car that, um, and I'm sure the ramps will be those orange, uh, those orange ramps with the little guide things. Um, it's okay. It doesn't make me want to give up my quarter. What about you? Uh, I'm right there with you, dude. I remember playing with them as a kid. Uh, there probably can be some really cool stuff. It's one of those things. I'm going to have to see it before I, you're going to have to warm me up to the idea before I actually get excited for it. Yeah. And it, it's, it, this is a little, this is a deviation from the eighties nostalgia wheelhouse that we have, right? The eighties nostalgia wheelhouse really kicks in when you're 12 to 17. And that is, yeah. I am aware of the world and I have a sense of what's cool and what's not. Okay. Between that era, which is that wheelhouse we're in right now, that ease nostalgia wheelhouse, I mean, Hot Wheels isn't in there. And He-Man's in there. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is in there. Um, yeah. G.I. Joe would be in there. Um, Star Wars would be, you know, just things like that where I, I – yeah, it, it it seemed relevant for that age demographic. Um, Hot Wheels, it's relevant for five year old. And my son, who's nine, he doesn't play with Hot Wheels, and he's moved yeah, on. My son doesn't either. Like, like my son has a whole collection of Hot Wheels and doesn't play with them. Yeah, we do too. I mean, so. what what about a Thomas the Train pinball machine? Would you buy that? No. Yeah, neither would no. I. So, no. Like I said, it's going to be one of those things where that they have to they they're going to have to show us the product before I yeah get sold on and that. it basically okay I, and we're just talking the theme it's basically going to yeah. be a fast race car based thing uh, you know and so okay fine like it can still be fun it'll be a racing game and so maybe it's a little bit more of a Need for Speed 
or something that lines. So maybe that's a cheaper way of doing a, uh, a cosmic car, uh, not a cosmic kart racing, which is basically Mario Kart, right? Um, the Mario yeah. Kart license would, it, even if Nintendo licensed it, it'd probably be more expensive. So I, the, um, my guess is that it's easier for them to build a racing theme that is recognizable without having to pay the Mario Kart uh, premium. So with the animations, they could make it cool. It just, when I, t- when we talk theme alone, uh, I don't know, I'd have to see how they implement it. So on our last episode, we talked about a story about Cactus Canyon and a gentleman saving one of a boiler fire. And we challenged anyone that if they had their own stories, they were more than welcome to send them in and we would read them off on air, uh, whether it be an epic pinball save whether it be just a heartwarming story. A uh, uh, listener of the show, Michael Peterson, sent in his own pinball story and wanted to share it with with everyone. So let me pull this up really quick. Okay, this is, this is Michael Peterson. Hey, fellas, here's the story I'd like to share. So I've been in the hobby for almost three years, and I've done, I dove in headfirst. Like many of us, I built up a nice collection through buying, trading, and selling. While my best friend loves pinball as much as I do, but he just can't financially afford to buy one right now. He absolutely loves playing my machines and always talks about owning one someday. He's a great guy. He helps me clean and upgrade my games occasionally just because he's a great friend and he just loves everything to do with pinball like myself. So for his birthday, I wanted to do everything I could to get him a pinball machine. I saved up some extra cash and a very nice seller worked with me on a good price for a Cleopatra, which was in very nice shape. I went and picked it up and brought it home. The next day, I invited my friend over and showed him my next pinball machine I wanted help cleaning and upgrading. Asked him why he thought I wanted his help on this particular machine. Then I told him, because this is your pinball machine. Happy birthday, brother. I had never seen my best friend cry, ever. Well, he did this day, and it was awesome. Pay it forward, my friends. Life is short. At the end of the day, money and these machines really don't mean anything. It's just about the relationships we build and just living life. I thought that was an awesome story especially for this time of year it was like yeah it's just perfect no. for the christmas time of year exactly my heart just grew three sizes so and and that that's that's a super awesome story and that really is um that that goes beyond friendship I and mean, that's a uh, um you are making a difference in someone's life it seriously is an awesome story i mean good for you that that really is going above and beyond well let's make a difference in someone else's life how about what do you say scott Okay, let's talk about the let's talk about the giveaway and tell t- refresh our memory about this awesome sweet giveaway. So Brad Hunter of LitFrames.com said, "Hey guys, let's do something fun. Let's give away a Superman seventy eight Translite. Um, there was only twenty five of these made, signed by Christopher Franchi. Uh, he did them for Pinball Expo, and Brad Hunter was awesome enough to get a couple of them, and he decided to give one away on our show." So thank you, Brad. We really appreciate it. Um, so what we did is if you liked our page, if you liked the the post that we put along with commenting on it and sharing it, you got uh, an entry for every time you did something of that sort. We had what it was ridiculous. It was like been shared 30 times or something like that. Um, let's see. It was shared 20 times, commented on 30 different times. It reached over 1300 people. I mean, it was awesome. I, I just our our page likes has went up. Uh, we really appreciate everyone that 
that just joined in on the fun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and and, and I'll point out, and really, I, we're we're trying to do this to to find a positive alternative to all the junk out there, and so and the wider audience that we can reach and to expose to pinball and to make this fun and to uh, give a little, you know, positive reinforcement in life, then that's great. And so these type of contests really do help us out in our goal. Yep. So, all right. I think this is the moment everyone's been waiting for. So what I did is I printed off the page. I cut everyone's name up on the little pieces of paper, put it in one of our hats. Can you hear that, Scott? I can hear it. Yeah. Sweet. So I put it into our one of our hats, and we will pull a name out of the hat. Ready for this? Let's do it. Okay. There we go. Uh, Christopher Franchi. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Katie. No, sorry. Kate Haberman. Kate Haberman. Looks like you won the Superman 78 Translite. We will get... Uh, we'll catch up with you, and along with Brad and we'll get you your translate. Awesome. Congratulations. That's awesome. I wish we had some kind of fireworks. Or something. I'll add fireworks later. Pew, or something. And a, an applause. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Awesome. You're, you're now the new proud owner of a Superman 78 translate signed by Christopher Franchi. Yeah. It's actually pretty, uh, it, it's pretty amazing. Uh, the, like what, um, obviously uh christopher has put these these dream themes out there and it certainly is it's absolutely an amazing job and it looks like a a great thing to go into any pinball room so that's pretty awesome congratulations um let's let's wrap this up with our holiday wishes for everyone and what we hope to see in the new year well i would like to wish holiday wishes to everybody who's listened to our podcast. I, we really, we do this because we find it fun. Um, the hats we're trying to do, uh, things to just make this a great escape for life. And so when there's so many other things out there, um, I just want you to realize that there are good things in life and fun things and ways that you can actually use your hobby to break down. So, I'm going to reach out to everybody who has contacted us and people that we have contacted through uh, through this podcast. It's been a crazy year. Um, been able to talk to uh, a crazy amount of people that I never really thought uh, that I would be able to. And Josh and I, at least I've had a great time with Josh. And Josh has put uh, his fair share of uh, work in, in uh, driving things behind the scenes. And so I just want to wish everybody... Uh, a safe and happy holiday season and to wish next year to be even better. I agree. Um, uh, Holiday wishes to all those that have also helped us along the way too. Um, Martin from head to head's been really good to us, uh, giving us pointers. Same with Ken Cromwell of special one lit Zach, many Dennis Creasel. Um, there's names are slipping my mind. There's just, there's so many people out there that have been generous enough to, to reach out and whether it just give us uh, pointers on our show or just give us a slap on the back. You guys have been fantastic. I'm still so humbled that people even want to listen to us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for you guys that tune in every single two weeks that we do this and listen and, and just email us and whatnot. It's, it's awesome. 
to have met these people that we would have not met otherwise if we have not done this. So, and let's let's also give a shout out to everybody who took a risk on two guys who they had no idea who they were. Um, I mean, Eric yep. uh, Minier being able to come on, being our first big guest. Um, and, uh, he is an amazing designer. I'm really excited about what he did. Um, I, uh, Keith, uh, I know you're super busy, buddy. Uh, really appreciate you coming on and talking. We, uh, would love to have you back at, well, I'd love to have Eric back too, but everybody we talked to love to have Keith back now that he's, uh, had Jurassic Park out and be able to talk more about the development of it. Um, and we had Bowen Karens on, if you don't know who Bowen is, then just search, uh, Search any of the uh, any of the Google machines, and you'll come up with him telling you how to play your game. Um, uh, also, um, uh, Jeff Teolis coming on and uh, and being uh, the new Josh Sharp. Josh Sharp, exactly. Well, I, yep. I was going to get there. I was going to say Jeff took over oh, for okay, Josh okay. for the, you know the next year. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, seriously, anybody who has been able to come on, we really do appreciate it. And we know that you're doing it because you are trying to reach out uh, to people too. And we love being able to help interconnect people. Let's, what, what do you hope for in 2020? Whew, man, I didn't even think about that. Um... You know what I hope for? I just, I hope pinball brings more people together. I hope that we, we put aside all of our differences um, those that need help, reach out, lend them a helping hand. Um, and we just, we have fun. We play some pinball and get to know each other better. Yeah. And I, I would say, I hope for more positive things in, in the hobby. Um, I, it's every time you hear about the bad behavior of someone, I, I, it really does just make my head shake and think really like this is, <laughs> this, uh, you know, come up to speed. I let, let's just say let's let's do a reset, Re, regardless of who you were in the past, and maybe we are all evolving as a culture. Let's all just try to reach out and just to be to be nice. I, I, that's crazy. Just to be nice to everybody. And you don't. I, I'm not saying hey, you have to agree with everything. You don't have to say the politics. You don't have to say the religion. You you don't even have to have the same orientation. You don't have to have anything like that. But find a way just to look for the positive in the hobby and be able to reach out and maybe play a game with someone who is completely different than you. And it's amazing just to see that there are so many positive things to, to meet about every different person, even if you have nothing else in common other than pinball. Yeah. There's, there's no better way to put it. So I'm going to end on this. I'm going to end on our friend, Landon, Orr. he just moved away from Utah and moved back to his home state of North Carolina He's lived here with us for eight, 10 years, somewhere around there. Um, but he left this note. This was our group here in Utah is called Slap, the Salt Lake Area Pinballers. He just said, uh, I would just want to say thank you to everyone here in Slap. Last night, I probably wouldn't have walked up into a random group of strangers to play pinball if it wasn't for Slap. Six months ago, I'd been sitting in my car outside the Salt Palace debating whether or not I should walk in to help a bunch of strangers set up a bunch of pinball machines. I'm so glad I did that. And every event afterwards was amazing. It taught me that pinball folks are pretty good people. Uh, my wife and I have had been a bit worried moving out to North Carolina where we didn't know anyone, but I knew that I'd find some good people out here playing pinball and slap taught me that our time with slap was so short, but it meant so much to us. I know we've made a lifelong friends there. We're excited to see everyone at gaming con. Um, yeah, it, it's just awesome that pinball 
has changed someone's life in the fact that he could go from Utah to North Carolina and feel like you're automatically included and welcomed in the community because you have fellow people in the pinball community. So awesome that, that, that's, that, that helped. I I don't know how to put it. (laughs) Well, okay. In, In modern world, there's so many ways of building walls. There's so many ways of isolating ourselves, whether or not it's commuting in our car, working in our cubicle, coming home and watching TV or playing a video game. There's so many ways that we can isolate ourselves. Um, and even, you know, even uh, our, our entertainment has become solo entertainment. Like this is one way to break down some walls and actually just go and meet other people by interacting you know, the way that, you know, we are, we're programmed to do as a species, we're programmed to be social, we're programmed to interconnect. And so just, you know, take that, you know, maybe one night when you're thinking, you know what, maybe I'll do a Rick and Morty binge or a Stranger Things binge. Maybe you say, you know what, maybe I'm going to text my buddies and let's go down and play some pinball. Yep. That's what it's all about, man. So, well, that's pretty much it for us. If you want to send us in a story or a comment, anything like that, hit us up at loserkidpinballpodcast at gmail.com. You can also hit us up at Facebook and Instagram. We're more than happy to listen to you and hear your wonderful stories that you guys have been sending us. Um, Please do let us know if you want us to share them. I mean, I assume that you do if you're sending them to us, but still. (laughs) (laughs) And also check check out on our Facebook page. We are having uh, our winter hat lineup uh getting set up again we really make very little on these things we just make enough so we can get people out hats uh we have some great beanies that we are going to be making for the uh, first of the year and so if you want to get in on the uh warm hat action uh please just uh message us and we'll be able to hook you up with that uh we will be making a batch of them at the like scott said beginning of the year these, these sweet new era ones with the pom-poms on top are fleeced lined. They they are fantastic. So, um, but yeah. Anything else, Scott? No, I think that's it. I want everyone to have an excellent new year and we'll see you around January. And we may have a pop, we may have a pop-up if, uh, if they release a uh, Stranger Things uh, play field and we'll be able to see. <laughs> yep. We'll, get, we'll see you guys in 2020. And also, if you have any suggestions, our one-year episode's coming up. Send, shoot us some suggestions if you got anything for us. So, all right. Later, Scott. All right. Thanks. See you. <laughs>